welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode number 85 of Just Jets. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary. Going to be hanging out with you. Getting into all things that are, well, garbage things about this New York Jets franchise because, well... They are extremely frustrating to watch. Another day, another week, another loss. It's unfortunate, but we're going to get into it. We'll talk about the frustration in the Denver game. We'll talk about this upcoming week in Tennessee and, of course, your voicemails. But before all of that, the world is starting to open and the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find the brand new Lawnmower 4.0 the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, that's a good one, plus two free gifts, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag. Brand new, Lawnmower 4.0 is here to take your defense to the next level. This fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to to reduce grooming accidents. We love the SkinSafe technology. SkinSafe technology is why we love Manscaped. So be like the 2 million other men worldwide and pick yourself up a trusted, sourced item for Manscaped. Whether it's the 4.0 performance package, I love the cologne. That's my go-to. So here's what you do. 20% off, free shipping, promo code JETS20. That is J-E-T-S-20. And free shipping from Manscaped.com. Take your balls to the defense level, (laughs) to the promised land from Manscaped. I love it. Absolutely love it. So let's hop into today's episode in episode number 85. We're going to try to have fun because, well, it's not fun watching this Jets team. And I was not confident going into this game against Denver. On paper, I thought it was a really bad matchup for the Jets, and it turned out to be exactly the case. 26-0 loss. So, for those keeping track at home, that is six points in your last eight quarters have not scored an offensive touchdown or any kind of touchdown, really, to be quite honest with you. Since the second half of week one, two field goals in two games, I just don't know how the Jets offense could be this bad. I did a video earlier in the week where I was talking about just the state of the Jets offense over the last few years, their history and comparing it to league average number one. And then like the Kansas city chiefs, like this stat just blew my mind since the last time the Jets scored 30 or more points in a game, which was November 24th, 2019, the Kansas city chiefs have scored 30 points or more 17 times since the last time the Jets have done it 17 That's just a staggering number. It's truly insane just how bad this offense truly is. But when looking at this game, and sure, the two interceptions from Zach Wilson don't look great. Uh, The second one literally went right off Braxton Barrios' hands into a defender. My biggest takeaways are three things, which we'll get into. Number one is the drops. It's just, it's truly remarkable how bad the Jets receiving core was in this game. Corey Davis was paid big money to come in here and perform. And week one, he looked good. In the preseason and in training camp, he looked good. There's no denying that. The last two weeks, I'm sorry to say it, Corey Davis has been brutally bad. Really bad. The the drop on third down, where Zach was running for his life, running for the left, running to the left, excuse me, throwing on the run, and putting a strike right on his chest, he drops it. What, what, what are we doing? This is a guy who 
you pay again big money to be your quote unquote wide receiver one. He's not a true wide receiver one, which is fine. I don't think you necessarily need to have someone who's going to put up 1,200 receiving yards in a year or anything like that. The Jets are supposed to have a deep receiving core, and I still believe they do have a deep receiving core, but they're not using two of those guys for just no good reason in, in Jamison Crowder or Denzel Mims. But with Corey Davis, man, just a, a really bad effort the last two weeks. It, it's frustrating to see your your young quarterback in his third game in his NFL career running for his life and his receivers giving him no help. Like the offensive line is dreadful. We'll get to that in a second. But the receivers being as bad as what they were is just embarrassing. Michael Carter drop, Ty Johnson drops, like all over the field. Braxton Barrios, the, the big one right off his hands, went up for an interception. But I think I'm most disappointed in Corey Davis because he's supposed to be the steady guy. He's supposed to be all reliable. Where things go wrong on third down, you you find, as a young quarterback, you find Corey Davis. Except he had three drops in week two. In week three, rather. In, in week two, ball went right through his hands for an interception on one of them. I mean, Wilson played terrible, but it's just it's just frustrating. The, the drops is just frustrating. That's something that has to change. LaFleur was brutal again. That's three games in a row where Mike LaFleur has been really bad. Uh, we're going to get into more of LaFleur later, but why I thought he was bad. I'll give you this one sequence that just really baffled me. On third down and four, the Jets decided to run. Run the ball, which I don't like that call. I think it's playing conservative, which I think LaFleur plays way too conservatively. Third down and four, they run. On fourth and one, that's time to run the ball. You are more likely to pick up a first down on fourth and one by running the ball than passing. So what do the Jets do? They go four wide on fourth and one. And they set up a slant to Michael Carter, and the ball goes off his hands. What? That's the fourth and one play call? That's the innovative offense on third and four. At least Tevin Coleman wasn't in to eat carries. Cause if we, we had a 26 to nothing kind of a game and you had to watch Tevin Coleman in the a gap for two yards of carry, that would have been worse. But just uh, a frustrating day for LaFleur. He's been really bad through three games. Again, emphasis on the three games. More on that coming up. The offensive line. Oh, God, the offensive line. Greg Van Roten and Connor McGovern are going to get somebody killed. That's how bad they're playing right now. It's that level of bad. And the fact that they are passing the blame on anyone but themselves is just so frustrating. That was a huge story from this week. So we'll start Greg Van Roten. The first words out of his mouth. Now, for the full quote, he would go on to say after what he says, what he's about to say. I'm going to say that in a second. He would then say, we also need to block better. But the first thing out of his mouth when asked about why Zach is getting killed is that Zach has to get rid of the ball faster. Well, while at times Zach has held on to the ball for a little bit too long, part of it is because his receivers aren't getting open. Part of it is him playing his third game in the freaking NFL, and it's going to take a little bit. But he also has 1.7 seconds to throw. 
That's the time that he's working with. He's essentially has no time at all to make a read and make a decision. And then Connor McGovern. Oh, somebody sent Connor McGovern a screenshot of a play. Now, I don't advocate for this. I, I, don't, I think it's weird when fans DM a player and try to talk smack or just like put a player down like that. That's just weird and creepy. Don't do that. But McGovern's answer was that fans don't know the game is the alleged answer. Uh, if this is, if this was his actual DM exchange, he said, fans don't know the game. You're a troll. Uh, he said that he was supposed to pull right. So by saying that he then threw the other rookie playing his third game in Elijah Vera Tucker straight under that bus. Say so it was Elijah's fault while the play got blew up. I don't, I don't get it. But Governs was a big ticket for agent signing. He's supposed to be better than this. They had to have had have a better plan at right guard than Greg Van Roten or Alex Lewis. We we're saying that all offseason long. What was the one thing I repeatedly said over and over and over and over again was I feel good about the offensive line with Moses on the right, Becton on the left. Becton's hurt right now. I feel good about Elijah Vera Tucker. The one spot I'm really concerned about is Greg Van Roten. And McGovern, you know what? Connor McGovern's giving him a run for his money because McGovern might be worse, which is really saying something. But the play on the interior offensive line, you can't win in the NFL this way. Can't happen. That's how you average six points a game by having an offensive line that looks like this through three games. Now, can they turn it around? Maybe. Maybe they do. I don't think this is going to be a 2-15 and season. I don't. I really don't. But good luck against the Tennessee Titans because, man, it looks like they're finally clicking. They had a real clunker of a game in week one against Arizona, who looks legit. They're 3-0 right now. Titans get embarrassed at home in week one. Then they upset Seattle on the road in Seattle. And then the defense finally comes to life against the Indianapolis Colts and a banged-up Carson Wentz. So what does this game tell me, or what do I think about this game? <laughs> a couple things. First and foremost, good luck stopping Derrick Henry. I know that the Jets' defense overall has been pretty good, but against the run, they've left a little bit to be desired at times. <laughs> Henry ran for 185 yards against Seattle. I think it was 113 against the Colts. Good luck. If they get to, what, 24 points, do you have any faith in the Jets' offense? Right now, no. Until they prove otherwise, why should you? Because for what? They played 12 quarters so far this year. For 10 of the 12 quarters, they have six points. Right? Because you got shut out in week one in the first half. 14 in the second half. That was good. More of that, please. Then you had six against the Patriots. And then you had zero against the Denver Broncos. So now the expectation is that you're going to be able to go on the road, or excuse me, go even at home. doesn't matter to me, home game, road game, whatever. Play against a team who is coming off two big wins. Like To me, t- Tennessee is the best team in that division by far. It's not even close in the AFC South. They've made the playoffs. They're coached well. Good quarterback. Good run game. 
defense finally, you know, coming together a little bit here. You're going to compete in that game? I don't see any reason to believe that the Jets are going to be competitive in this game. I don't. Before the season started, even when I was about to, to some too negative saying that I thought the Jets were going to go 7-10 and 10, and then too positive for, for others saying that they would go 7-10. and 10. I think my favorite thing through all this frustration that fans have had was on one of my videos, someone commented that I must be paid by the Jets for all the positive things that I've said about them this offseason. Are they watching the videos? <laughs> I feel like, and listen, you as a viewer, or you listening to this, we're not going to agree on everything. That That's just not going to happen. You're not going to be 100% aligned with me. I'm not going to be 100% aligned with you. That's how it is in sports, and that's okay. There's room for healthy debate and healthy discussion. I would like to believe, and I'm not, and look, I'm not 100% right. I'm sure as hell not 100% wrong. There, there's room where, there, there's wiggle room, I guess, is the point that I'm trying to make here. But I would like to believe that I try, that I am I'm rational. How about that? I think I'm self-aware enough to realize that I try, or at least try to be as rational as I can be. So to be called uh, you know, a Jets pom-pom shaker and just pushing the narrative was really bizarre. That was that I was not expecting that in the slightest. But this Tennessee Titans game, even before the point I was trying to make before I got sidetracked there, was that even before all hell broke loose in this year and the offense was worse in football, I, I, I had this game on the calendar. I said, this does not look like a game the Jets could win. The game you're looking for to get your first win, Atlanta. The Falcons stink. Somehow beat the Giants. Giants somehow lost at home to the Atlanta Falcons. But that's the game I'm looking for. I think that's when the New York Jets could win their first game. This week against the Titans? Going to take a miracle. It's going to have to take a miracle if they're going to win this game. So with that, let's get into the voicemails. We'll start it off with the OG Travis in Ohio. Hey, Matt. Yo. Travis from Ohio. <laughs> What's hey, up, buddy? man? I must have missed the cutoff last week, but this kind yes. of dovetails into it. Okay. The topic. Uh, Samini brought up that we only had one active guy from our 2020 draft, and that was Bryce Hall. And he is the only guy active this week, too. So for the past two weeks, what we used to think was an awesome 2020 draft class, they have no availability. Mackay Becton still hurt. Mims, healthy scratch. Ashton Davis, who knows when they're getting him. Hopefully Zuniga, soon. Zuniga, <laughs> he's been a missing person since we drafted him. This is facts. Uh, P. Ryan, another healthy scratch. James Morgan, he's with the Jets South and Carolina. Uh, Cameron Clark, never healthy. Uh, Bryce Hall, like I said, the only guy that actually shows up and can play. And then Braden Mann, who unfortunately got hurt week one. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, 
I'm so disappointed in this draft class. I thought we had something. I mean, at least we got Bryce Hoff undrafted. Who That's true. Has been balling out, and I love him. But as far as the draft itself, Hall's the only guy showing up, and it hurts. I like, I love all the draft picks. I still do. I just want them to fuck, freaking play. I mean, sorry, I misslept. Anyway, Good job. Thank you. Shout out to you, sweet, sweet Mrs. Wilson, Mickey Mouse, and Yoda. Love you. Travis, Travis, love hearing from you as always, my man. Appreciate it. Um, I'll say this. I, I, I have soured a little bit on the 2020 draft class, but not nearly as much as um, a lot of people have, I guess. I, I'm, I'm still a Mackay guy i think he's very good he got rolled up on i don't i I don't understand the the people who were putting the blame on makai back then for that and i don't think travis was either i just want to make that clear um the mims thing doesn't make sense hopefully we see him in the second half of this season uh or as soon as this week would be phenomenal actually if if we could see him on the field that'd be great sign me up for that any second eshin davis Love to see him play. Just haven't seen enough of him. Zuniga, whiff. Morgan, whiff. Pirine, whiff. Cam Clark, probably whiff. He's hurt, but sorry. Probably whiff. Brain man, I mean... Spunter. But Hall. That's a diamond in the rough. I love that pick from the get-go. Big fan of the Hall selection. He's been really, really good. And uh, I definitely, I'll say this, I think the 2020 class maybe lost a little bit of its shine, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as what some people online are making it out to be. I think there's a little overreaction there. So thank you, Travis. Hopefully that answers your question. Dom from Long Island. He's got reaction. Hey, how's it going? Dom from Long Island. Listen, I'm calling right after the Jet game against the Broncos and Jesus this is not good. Um, listen, I'm, I'm more of an optimistic fan, but in the sense that I'm looking at the coaching right now that's being administered to these players, and listen, I, I'm no NFL scout. I don't want to talk about coaching like I know what I'm talking about, but that's okay. when you're about to kick a field goal <laughs> and no this. one has the wherewithal to call a timeout, before the play clock expires, clock, before the play clock expires, I mean, come on, Sala, Boyer, Morset, no one thought to look at the play clock. <clears throat> this is what frustrates me about this team. It's these little, little things that they just never get right. And it's what screws them in the end every single time. Today, I can point to two things. Ineptity in coaching, i.e. that example. And I I mean, you can't catch a ball. Simple thing. These receivers could not catch today. They did Zach Wilson no favors. I want to hear nothing about Zach Wilson's performance when these receivers had balls going through their hands all freaking day. They did. I'm sorry, but this needs to get fixed. It needs to get fixed now 
the only thing I see happening is everyone needs to stop playing so nicey-nice in the locker room, and either Wilson or, or Soller, someone needs to get into the locker room and light a fire under these guys and say, listen, this is unacceptable, and we need to get our shit together yep. before we really start to embarrass ourselves. Thank you. Go Jets. Love it, Tom. You're right. You got to get your stuff together. I'm going to say stuff. I like to try to try. Keyword try to keep it clean on here. But it's, uh, I don't know. That sequence was one of the most frustrating things I've seen as a Jet fan. I've seen a lot of frustrating stuff, man. So one, the play call right before that was was bizarre. Because of course it was. But you're going to settle on a 56-yard field goal attempt. You hit the field goal. But no, delay a game. And like you said, veteran placeholder slash punter doesn't realize. None of the coaches realize. Like, that's not on the kicker. That's not on the rookie Amendola. He did his job. It's on the holder. It's on the coach. Really, it's on the coach. That should be his one, one job at that point. I don't know. That was really bad. I'm glad you brought that up, Dom, because watching that live... I turned to my sister and we kind of just looked at each other and we were just like dumbfounded. Like, did that just happen? And of course, you know, they punt after that. You're not going to attempt a 61 yard field goal. And it was too long to go for it. It was just, that was the epitome of the, the jets in Denver was that moment. Oh boy. Josh in Windsor. He's got reaction too. Hey, Matt, it's John from Windsor Watch. I'm just sorry. calling to say, remember when I told you they were going to start really bad? You called me a clown said I didn't know the team. Look who's right now. I know you're not going to put this on the show. I'm just calling to tell you, I still know this team better than you do. Maybe I should be on the podcast, buddy. Have a good one. Good luck with your podcast. Let me know when you hit 10,000 subscribers. I'd love to check it out. Joe on Long Island is up next. Let's get to some optimism. Hey, Matt, it's Joe from Long Island here. My question for you is, are you still optimistic about this team after whatever that was that we just watched against the Denver Broncos? I don't know about you, man, but going into the season, I was so, so, so excited about the young talent and the direction the team was going, and it looks like we literally have nothing. Nothing at all. Thanks, buddy. Love the show. Uh, keep up the good work. Later. Yeah, it's frustrating, Joe. It really is frustrating. Um, try to find some positives for you. Uh, Michael Carter the second looks like a player at corner. That's been a really nice surprise. Bryce Hall's looked good. John Franklin Myers has looked good. Sheldon Rankins and Quinnen. Quinnen came back to life. He was really good this week. Um, overall defense, I'm happy with how the defense has played. They're top 10. I think they're 10th overall right now, which is really good, all things considering. Um, I don't have a positive on offense right now. I just don't. I'm sorry. If you score 20 points in three games, I'm not, I don't, I don't have anything positive to say about the offense right now. Hopefully they turn it around, but I don't know. It's hard to be optimistic right now. Neek from Texas. What do you got, buddy? Hey, Matt, this is Neek from Texas. Um, I'm calling after, of course, the Jets game. Um, that was brutal. 
um, we got obliterated. <laughs> so I have a question, I guess, about Elijah Moore. Um, I think he's extremely overrated. Um, I get he has that elusive speed, you know, the Tyree Kill type. That's the new number one wide receiver that we're looking at in the NFL today. But uh, I think there are just so much, so many better receivers in that class. You got Jalen Waddle on the Dolphins. You got Rondell Moore. Um, you got Kendarius Tony, Cornell Powell, Anthony Schwartz. I got all these guys and more ahead of this guy. <sighs> and I just think the Jets made a mistake in selecting Elijah Moore that that high. I think he probably falls. You've got several of the players I just mentioned um, ahead of him. So, yeah, what do you think? I think the offensive line played terrible, but what do you think of Elijah Moore? Yeah, bye. Overrated. Um. I, I think it's a little premature to call Elijah Moore uh, overrated, unless that was your feeling before the draft. If so, that okay, uh, I'm not quite there. I thought he was someone who was a late first, early second round player, which is where he went, the second overall in the in the second round. I think the Jets need a dynamic playmaker, um, and there were flashes of that in week two. And I think as the season goes on, we'll, we'll kind of see what he is at this level. But I, I am not in the slightest bit ready uh, to call Elijah Moore either a, a a bust or overrated or or anything like that. I think it's way too soon to say. Uh, and, and again, unless, Nick, that was your thought all along, I personally didn't feel that way. I had a late first or early second round grade on him. So uh, I was okay with it. Uh, next up, we have Devin in Nevada. Panic button time? Let's hear. Hey, Matt. What's going on? It's uh, Devin from Nevada giving you another call, brother. So I think it's time to hit the panic button. And, uh, you know, I, I'm usually optimistic, usually try to keep a level head. But uh, so without a doubt, we're the worst team in football. I think the Jaguars at least have some sort of offensive flow. And uh, a lot of times the Jaguars, like what happens to them is that, um, you know, tips passes or, uh, miss routes or something like that, but the Jets just look like nobody is on the same page at all. And uh, I don't know if it's too early to call or whatever, but I think Mike LaFleur um, has to go. Um, you know, I know this is really only his third game as a play caller, but to be quite frank, uh, I've seen enough. Um, you know, there's a YouTube video out that uh, shows a breakdown of his play calling, and something that he tries to do is, that, you know, a lot of 12 personnel, or he tries to add extra blocking because. You know, the Jets um, just can't block for anything. Our interior uh, offensive line is garbage. But, um, you know, just the things that – the schemes that he's trying to create doesn't work for our offense. And not only that, but I feel like Zach Wilson is kind of regressing and uh, he's learning bad lessons. And, um, you know, one thing that I also noticed, like uh, week one and week two, um, and now I confirmed it in week three, you know, I didn't want to call it too early, but when Zach Wilson gets to the line, you know, it's a quiet game. And I'm not just talking about the offense, you know, uh, production-wise, but when Zach Wilson gets to the line, like, there's not many reads, there's not many call-outs, there's not many um, point-outs, you know, anything like that. There's not many much communication on offense. And, yes, that does lie on Zach Wilson being a rookie, but that also comes back to the um, offensive coaching, not teaching him what he should be looking at. And, um, you know, Denzel Mims, another healthy scratch, and that's just – 
you know, because, uh, for example, that's like a teacher saying, like, oh, this student um, can't learn. It's like, you know, you're just not a good enough teacher, to be quite frank. So I think Michael Fuller has to go. Um, it's it's early to call, but, uh, you know, there was just no, there's just no sort of life in our team. Anyways, uh, I guess my question, man, is uh, hopefully we can get the number one pick, I guess, this year. Who are some players that we're going to be looking out for? What are some uh, positions that this team uh, desperately needs and needs most desperately because uh, unfortunately, man, it's looking like the beginning of the end. Um, you know, I always try to keep an optimistic level head, but hey, man, go Jets and I'm going to be here until the end, but it's looking ugly out there. All my fans, stay positive, keep your head up. It's going to be a rough one. Take care, guys. Thank you. Love the show. Thank you, Devin. I I am stunned that we got our first fire LaFleur call in week three. I I know he's been I know he's been really bad. He has been. Re- there's no. I'm not here to defend Lafleur for any of the decisions he's made through the first three games. But I I can't possibly justify pulling the plug on a rookie play caller after just three games. I can't do it. Wow. Um, I I just I can't. We got to give him more time. At least the year. There, there's almost there's almost no way I, I, I almost don't think there's a world where he's not back next year no matter what even if they finish with the worst offense in football I don't think they pull the plug that quickly as far as what they would be looking for to me interior offensive line keep keep getting the offensive line uh, edge tight end which is another thing you mentioned the 12 personnel I agree I don't think they should run as much 12 personnel because their tight ends stink. But if you want to be a team that uses tight ends, well then, I don't know, use some of your premium assets on them? Because that, that sure as hell doesn't make any sense to go into the year. You trade Chris Herndon, fine. You get an asset back if you're a guy you're not going to use. Okay, that's fine. But you're going to run 12 personnel with Tyler Croft and Ryan Griffin? And Denzel Mims can't get on the field. But you're going to run Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft on the field at the same time. Because that... Sure as hell makes sense, I guess, in someone's world, not mine. But I agree, LaFleur. I mean, LaFleur's been really bad. I can't, I can't, I can't call it after three games. I just won't do it. Sorry. Dan, he's in from uh, New York, wants to talk about backup quarterback. Hey, what's going on, Matt? It's, uh, Yo. Dan from New York calling in. Hope all's well, man. Oh, my God. Ugh. Another uh, year of misery ahead of us, obviously. I'm just, honestly, after that game, I just can't help but think, why the hell did we not, you know, get a freaking veteran in this room just to, you know, ease the tension, you know, give Zach somebody to riff off of, and, you know, God forbid if things go the way they're going now, you know, potentially, uh, you know, save the kid's life, you know, kind of like the McCown effect with Darnold, you know. There's a bit less anxiety in that situation with the guy, you know, ready to step in if things get out of control, which clearly we're off the rails already, so... Um, what do you think? I mean, who can we go for? Is it a, a trade for Foles? I don't even know at this point. Uh, just curious what your thoughts are. Go Jets. Um, I don't know if I'd want... Uh, well, I guess it depends. It, when, when Dalton's back healthy, they take a seventh-round pick, or I don't know if the Jets even have a seventh-round or a sixth-round pick for Nick Foles. Maybe. Maybe I... Okay, maybe you can sell me on that now at this point. Um. I was on the Nick Mullins train, but 
uh, I think that ship's kind of sailed. It's a, it's really a fair point that Dan brings up. Um, there's a lot of inexperience. And I think with just not having someone there right now is, is a little bit of an issue. Um, I think you would have a portion of the fan base that, like, let's say Joe Flacco, let's use Flacco as an example. If Flacco was here again, you might have some people calling for Flacco to start, which I think that would just be wasting time. Uh, but having someone there to help assist him through it, okay. That's different. You could probably sell me on that. Uh, it's a fair point, Dan. Um, I don't know. They got to change something. That's That's for damn sure. Dante, he wants to get into the offense too. He's from Georgia. Hey, Matt, it's Dante from Georgia. Uh, just finished watching your How Bad Is The Jets Offense video. Oh, it's bad. And, oh, my God, we are worse than worse than I could imagine. It's so sad. And even, like, a team like Jacksonville, that's equally as bad. Like, Trevor Lawrence isn't playing lights out, like a number one pick, like everyone said he would right off the bat. But they score points when they play. I mean, obviously not enough to win a game, but, like, if we face them this year and we play how we've been playing and they play how they've been playing, we lose that game 10 out of 10 times. I just don't understand how we've had such a glaring issue at offense and scoring points for years, and it has yet to be addressed. And I wonder if we move on from LaFleur, like, at the end of the season, or we give him another chance, but it 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 seems like Adam Gates in the booth calling the plays. It, it's awful play calling. We're not helping Zach out at all. And honestly, it's sad because if the throws are too simple, the fans are going to complain that like Adam Gates calling the plays. There's bubble screens, and short passes. We're not extending the field. But then if we try to extend the field and throw it long, then we're making too difficult passes for Zach, and we don't want him to succeed. It's just the fan base is always going to find something to complain about. That's a great point. But we got to score more than 6.67 points a game. No NFL team is going to win games like that. And it's very obvious that we're not. Anyway, love this, uh, love the show. Love Thank your you. YouTube video. Love your TikTok. But that's why I just want to call and react to your video and the game itself. Yeah, really, really fair point. I loved what you said about the Jets fans because that's so true. Like, if they do, if they try to make it easy and do bubble screens, then it's Gase, you're right. And then if it's taking the four, you know, trying to force the issue down the field, then it's, well, you're not sending them enough easy throws. It's complicated. It's, it really is complicated. Uh, I'm going to pull up the Jets' schedule right now and see games with how they're playing where maybe they could win. Tennessee, no. Falcons, I would. I think they could beat the Falcons. Patriots on the road, no. Bengals, two and one right now. I thought that's a game where you can maybe win, but don't know there. Maybe the Colts. Colts are playing bad. Dolphins. I don't know. Texans. Maybe the Texans. Eagles stink. Jaguars. Maybe you get the Bills in the last week of the year resting players. It's not. It's not easy. It really isn't. It, it's it's going to be a tough road, but try to try to power through, I guess. It, it's truly remarkable just how bad the offense is, though, right? Like, it's 2021. You're scoring 20 points in three games. It's just how. 
Let's go to Brandon up next. He's got some reaction as well. Yo, what's up, Matt? This is Brandon from Georgia. What's up, dude? Um, I'm calling on Monday after the game. Um, I think it's crazy that I set my expectations so low. I still get disappointed by this team. It is crazy. The receivers can't catch the ball. O-line can't block. I, I just, I, I'm just clueless, honestly. And then to, to top it off, the announcers were saying how Robert Sala might not be fit for head coach. Yeah, that's This ridiculous. has nothing to do with Robert Sala. I don't care what anyone says. This is not Salah's fault. He's trying to change the culture, and honestly, we kind of see it. Um, but yeah, um, long. It's going to be a long season. We could already tell that. Um, hopefully, this week against Tennessee, Zach shows shows some um, some promise. Hopefully, we win week five because I could just say we beat Atlanta. Against, <laughs> there you uh, go. That'll help, I live right? in Georgia, so I could just tell everybody we beat Atlanta, so that would be pretty sick. Um, yeah, that's really all I hope for. Hopefully our only win is in Atlanta. Thank you. <laughs> that's so that's so funny. I love it. But I'd be doing the same thing. But, I mean, we just – last call, right? We went through. Atlanta's the next one where I think you have a shot at winning. But it's not. You can't put this on Robert Sala. Through three games, has he made mistakes? Yeah, he's not perfect. He hasn't been perfect, but it's just it's a culmination of so many things. It's not fair to put it on Zach. It's not fair to put it on Salah. Douglas's seat is heating up. Not to the point where I don't think he's he's not going to get fired or anything after the year, but he's got to get more of the blame than what he was. Still a lot. Like, a lot of it is the McCagnan decision, but it's... Starting to get his guys in here. Offensive line has to be better. If they turn it around, the, the there's 14 weeks to turn it around. That's the thing. So if you're looking in a vacuum at these first three games, yeah, it's as bad as last year. If not worse in some cases. But got to think. I, in my heart, maybe I'm the naive one for this. I don't think it'll be this week, but I do think they turn it around and are at least somewhat competitive. I still think they can win five or six games. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy and they go one and 16. Phenomenal. <laughs> oh, boy. Elliot in New Jersey is up next. Hey, this is Elliot from Jersey. Uh, I just had a question. So, as of right now, West goes our uh, fullback. And I was wondering if you think the Jets should trade for a fullback, maybe Alec Ingold from the Raiders. Oh. Um, I know, obviously... Joe Douglas wouldn't want to give up that draft capital, but I feel like a fullback is important in the system. Uh, just let me know what you think. As always, go Jets. If Joe Douglas trades for a fullback, he should be fired on the spot. Like, that's it. That's enough. That would be enough for me to say, okay, that that's it. Uh, if he gave up a draft asset for a fullback, I mean, come on. Um but that's not to say like you can't go out and, re- and replace Wesco and sign one in free agency. Go that route. That's fine. That's different. Wasn't there a fullback from Baltimore, I think, who just got waived? The undrafted free agent? Is he still available? I would say if you want to sign him instead of and play him in front of Wesco, I'm good with that. But I am not trading even a six-round pick for a fullback. I, I don't think that would be wise. Uh, Shane is next up in New Jersey. He's got optimism on the mind too. Let's get to Shane. 
Matt, what is going on? Shane from Jersey. What up, dude? Calling again. Uh, I kind of just wanted to give you uh, some optimistic takes on the season so far. Try to maybe be a little different from some of the other calls you had. Probably pissed off, as I am too. But growing up, uh, Mets and the Jets fan, you kind of have to find the little things to be happy about. So I'll give you those, and you know, if you could just uh, let me know what you think, and if you think it's a good idea to be optimistic or you know, okay. bad idea, I'm going to be let down. But I'll start with Zach. Uh, you couldn't even really look at him yesterday because of how bad the line played. But uh, I think I looked at more BYU film on anybody when uh, we found out we weren't going to get T-Law on him. T-Law, so we were going to get, obviously, Zachary Fields. And what I saw from all of BYU was that uh, he only got better as, the more he played. So I really think this is the worst of him we're going to see. Obviously, like I said, optimistic. But I really think it's only going to get better. And he still makes some of those wow throws. He did it twice in the past game. That was just kind of hard to see because with the four picks. But yep. he'll get there. Uh, I saw that stat about uh, the corners. I think we're, like, letting up the least amount of passing touchdowns. No clue how, but I dig that. And I guess, lastly, ABT looked good again. Can't really tell because McGovern got blown up every play. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, we'll stick with those three for now. Try to keep it a quick call. Okay. But uh, let me know what you think about those three. And, uh, yeah, go Jets. We're all right. Sal is rocking. LaFleur's in the doghouse, though, so we'll see what they do next week. That's the later, man. Love the show. Bye-bye. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I think you have some fair points. It's hard to see that right now, though, because of how poorly they're playing. Um, I'm, not, I'm not anywhere remotely close to trying to throw in the towel on Zach. The I told you so on the, the Zach doubters are so bizarre. I don't I don't quite get it. Um, so I'm excited to see 14 more games of Zach Wilson. I know that the offensive line hasn't been good, but um, Elijah Vera Tucker still excited about and really the big one that you mentioned is the defense the corners have been good they've been a lot better than what I thought they would be and this defense can hang right now they're 10th they have the, this unit has no business being 10th with the roster that they have but they're playing above their heads they're punching above their weight and you gotta give Ulbrick and Salah credit for that right now the offense is trailing significantly behind that's got to catch up. So uh, I, I like that you're trying to keep the optimistic angle. I am doing my best, but I find it very, very, very hard. Roger and Comac is next. He's got some reaction too. Hey, Matt. Roger from Comac calling. I thought I'd call in, give my two cents on the season so far. Um, look, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It's been ugly, right? So uh, everything, all the criticism that the Jets have received. It's deserved. I mean, they're they're just they're just not together. Now, that being said, it's too early to panic. You know, it's too early to criticize this team. I mean, you, think about it. You have a rookie QB. You got a rookie offensive coordinator. You have a rookie head coach. How are you supposed to succeed early when you know when you have those 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 three things working against you? I mean, look at the uh, the Flores Dolphins. You know, year one they sucked the you know the first half of the year, and then suddenly something just clicked. And that's what I'm expecting for this team. I mean, it's it's going to take them time to get going. Good thing is this: um, the team's staying together, right? You know, I, I see you know C.J. Mosley, I see Quinn Williams calling people out. Um, you know, anybody who criticizes me, they're just calling them out. So, you know, they, you, you can't be you know uh, you can't be on this team for you know because of the you know the first three games of the season. Um, you want to see that, you know, you want to see that camaraderie. Now, although it doesn't seem like it, but you got, you know, you got different reasons they lost games each week, right? Um, week one, there's no protection, right? Week two, 
I, you know, the INTs were, you know, just they were going running rampant. Week three receivers couldn't catch any passes. These are different reasons that, uh, you know, that that are happening you know, that, you know, that are happening for for their losses every week, right? So you better see that than to see the same thing happening week after week. I mean, so mark my words. I mean, this team's going to get better. The the old line's going to protect Wilson better. Wilson's going to get rid of the ball faster. Uh, play calling's going to improve. Receivers going to get open, and they're going to catch passes. I hope they, so. There will be a surprise uh, when later in the season it's going to happen. Uh, this unit is coming together slowly. Just give them time to gel. I mean, that's my message to to Jets Nation. Just give this team time to gel. It's going to happen. All right. Uh, great show, by the way, and uh, go Jets. I like the comparison that you just pulled with the Dolphins one. That's good. I like that. If the Jets can turn it on in the second half and look competitive, I'd be very, very happy with that. And you're right. Like I think some of the overreact, I, th- I think some of the reaction is a little overreaction, and people are going a little bit too far. But um, just it, it's it's a tough it's a tough one to swallow. We've been through a lot as Jeff fans, so I think that's why we're so jaded. But I think Roger brings up a good point here with um, you know the second half of the season, how it could look like the twenty what was it the twenty nineteen version of the Miami Dolphins, and then last year in twenty twenty they were competitive, and right now two was hurt. And maybe they're not one and two if Tua didn't get hurt. Um, but they are. And for the New York Jets, they're just looking to get one win. I don't think it's going to be this week. I think the surprise game would be coming later in the year, as Roger alluded to. But I just hope they are able to look somewhat competitive on offense because I can't continue to sit through and watch games where they score six points. Like, if you're going to be bad, at least be a fun bad. Right? I think when people were picking them to win five, six, seven, eight games, like, sure, that's not really a good team, but at least show some fight, be a little competitive, score some points. Love the call, Roger. Last one, Nick from Suffolk wants to get into Robert Sala. Hey, man, it's Nick from Suffolk County, New York. How you doing, man? Uh, come to sit on my mind real quick. I just wanted to let you know, Okay, your thoughts about maybe is the way Salah's handling all handling all this losing and terrible football. I feel like in these press conferences, like he's not really like it doesn't seem like he's getting mad, like he's mad at losing or like he's mad at the way the team's performing. Because if I was Salah, if I was head coach of the Jets right now, I'd be pissed off. I'd be holding guys accountable. I'd be saying, you know, who did this? Who did that? And like. It seems like instead of holding guys accountable, he's just making excuses, you know, like and like Bill Parcells press conferences and Rex Ryan's press conferences and Herm Edwards press conferences, like they they really held guys accountable and they made sure that players knew, hey, you're not doing your job and, and you're not performing well and, and we're not gonna win the way you're playing. And I feel like Sal is like he's just saying in these press conferences like, Oh, we had a great week of practice uh, these guys, professionals, blah blah blah. And another thing he's saying is the fact that the, the Jets are playing great teams, and for some reason that's an excuse to lose. Like it seems like it's okay to lose. Like, and that just brings me back, major flashback to the Gaze press conferences. So I don't know, man. I just want to get your thoughts on that. It's been on my head lately. Herman, how you going? Thank you, Nick. Thank you for the call. Um, 
I I see where you're coming from, and I understand we have the gay PTSD with some of these answers. And you know what? Some of his answers I haven't agreed with, but not everyone is going to have that Rex personality. They're just not. Um, and while someone like Parcells maybe called it like it was a little bit more, well, he had the luxury of that because he had two Super Bowl rings under his belt at that point, right? Robert Sal hasn't won anything in this league as a head coach yet. So it's tough for someone who's been on the job for three weeks to come in and be like, lay down the hammer. And the game's different now than what it was 20 years ago even. So um, I don't want Salah to be someone he's not. And we don't know what's happening behind closed doors. Um, so I don't really have a big issue with, with Salah yet. Um, I don't think that's something that's on my radar as, as the biggest issue. It's not. Getting this offense fixed is. Um, fingers crossed it's this week, but I'm not so positive. So that'll do it for this episode of Just Jets, episode number 85. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, review, call in, all that fun stuff. I appreciate it. Call in after the game. Uh, I record on Tuesdays because if, if you call in before the game, then your call's already dated, so I'm not going to use it. And if I didn't get to your call, I'm sorry. Uh, the inbox has been crazy full. I'm trying to get to as many as we possibly can uh, in our time restriction here. So I uh, appreciate everyone who called in. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll talk to you next time.